0: Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Dance Coach Podcast. I hope everybody is having a great week, day, month, year. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope it's awesome. Today, we're going to talk about something that I think is super important and that is emotional agility. So last podcast, we were talking about 100% responsibility, talking about really taking control of the situations that we're in. What do we make them mean? How do we process them? And really diving deep into that whole idea. This concept, I'm not sure when I first heard about it, but I don't think that there are any coincidences. I think that this topic came back up at the perfect time, but I'm pretty sure I either listened to a podcast with this woman or saw her TED Talk maybe a year, year and a half ago, and then it came up again. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, which is Afford Anything with Paula Pant, and she interviewed Dr. Susan David about emotional agility, and immediately I was like, oh my God. This is perfect. It's right in line with all of the conversations that we've been having lately regarding accessing authentic emotion and 100% responsibility. And so I just thought that, wow, isn't this perfect? We're just going to keep on this path and we're going to now dive into the idea of emotional agility. Dr. Susan David, she has a TED Talk, which I will link to her TED Talk, her website and some other tools I will also link to the episode of the Afford Anything podcast, which is episode number 230 in which Paula interviews Dr. Susan David. Um, but I want to just talk first about like what emotional agility is. We are we tend to sort of be in a space of emotional rigidity wherein we think our emotions are fixed. We think that um, we need to sort of... Deal with emotion, not by experiencing it, but sort of getting rid of it, denying it, buffering it. And all of these would be seen as rigid ways to, a deal, to deal with emotion. And um, emotional agility gives you the tools to sort of process your emotions, be with them, and navigate through life um, with all of the different things that come up, right? So, um, Self-compassion, I think that's a big one for me where I think that my emotional agility comes from learning self-compassion. And I think I talked about that in an earlier podcast that I actually read a book called Self-Compassion and it was so life-changing. But just, you know, when when we're working with our dancers, really helping them, through the difficult emotions, as I talked about in the last podcast, we are meant to feel difficult things like, you know, difficult or difficult emotions, Um, as Dr. David says in her TED talk, are just the price of admission to being alive, right? We're going to have to deal with loss. We're going to have to deal with failure. We're going to have to deal with all of these things that we would rather not experience, like quite frankly like I don't want to feel the pain of failure but you know whenever we're taking on something new inevitably there will be things that work and don't work and that's just the way it's going to be if we ever want to move forward in life and experience all of the things that life has to offer so there's there's a few things there's a few things that come up for me in this conversation about emotional agility There are steps that she details in terms of developing emotional agility. And I highly, highly, highly recommend seeking out another interview with her, like either listening to the one I'm going to link, watching her TED Talk, or she's definitely been interviewed on other podcasts. But, you know, if you want to, she also has a book. If you want to read her book, do that work, dive into it. But the thing that was most compelling for me that I want to bring up that I think is most relevant to the conversations that we're having are her fourth step in her process which is basically called walking your why and this for her is about our core values so she says that walking your why right is bringing your values to the front of the conversation and you know, is the thing that you're doing in line with the values that you have? Like, and this is a way that you can really make sure that you are showing up and processing the emotions that are going along with the experience that you're having. So to me, it's like, ah, here we go. These are more steps and more tools that we can use to help our students, right? To help them process through what's going on with them and it all comes back down to our core values which is where we started this conversation. So for me this is this is really affirming in my values. It's really also affirming in the work that I'm doing that this woman um is de- has devoted her life to this work and she's researched it and there's um you know so much information backing this up for her and her experience that we can draw from and you know i know that this stuff works because i do it um i live it in my own life uh i practice these tools i bring them to my students i see how they affect them but you know it is always helpful when there is more i i I consume so much um which is part of the reason why i think i can't even remember where i first heard about this idea um is because i'm constantly consuming i listen to podcasts pretty much every day while I'm traveling. And yeah, I have a few that I listen to all the time, like Afford Anything or the Pivot podcast. Right now, I'm listening to a lot of the Life Coach School podcast because I'm getting ready to do Life Coach certification with Brooke Castillo coming up in March. So I'm really diving into her concepts and her ideas as sort of like a pregame to get me ready for that certification Um but yeah, I'm, I'm consuming a lot, and um, the processing of that sometimes takes a long time, right? Because I'm, I'm constantly intaking information, but um, it can be a while before a concept really like sinks in and or becomes super relevant. So I think this idea of emotional agility has all of a sudden become very relevant, and I don't think that it's an accident that it's coming up right now in the podcast that I'm listening to based on the conversations that we're having here in this podcast. Um, One of the other concepts that I thought was really, really interesting um, that goes along with walking your why is the concept of social contagion. So social contagion basically is a concept wherein we are susceptible to the behaviors that are going on around us. If you're out to dinner with people and you are, you know, working on your weight loss or your fitness or just overall health, that if someone at the table orders dessert, even though you generally, right now, because of your fitness goals, are not having dessert, you're more likely to order dessert because somebody at your table did, which is when walking your why becomes so important because you can. Look at that situation, right? Affirm your values. And this helps us combat that social contagion. But we are all susceptible to it. And I think this is, you know, in positive ways and in negative ways. I remember years ago, maybe a couple of years after I had been working um, at Westchester Dance Academy, where we produced some of the best competitive dancers On the Northeast, we have a really great track record um, of producing really strong dancers. A student, I was having a conversation with a student of mine, and I was like, what do you think it is about having made the switch to dancing here that has allowed you to progress so quickly? And basically, to paraphrase, I don't remember exactly what her answer was, but it came down to the culture of the studio and the fact that everybody there was working at a certain level and everybody there was so intrinsically motivated that, you know, it brought her to that same level. Basically, culture is contagious, right? So if you have a culture in your studio um, of hard work and intrinsic motivation and curiosity and you instill in your students the idea that struggle is necessary and failure will happen and we have to negotiate those emotions and work through them in order to get to the other side, in order to get to where we want to in our training, and that's the culture that you're instilling, then eventually everyone's going to rise to that. Everyone, that, that culture is contagious and your dancers will just start to all embody those principles and those concepts. So to me, this is a, an important concept to, to look at in the way that we are showing up with our values and the way that we are handling our classrooms and the way that we are showing up, right? Are we modeling the kinds of values that we want our students to inevitably embody? That's a really big question for me. And, you know, one of the things that I like to do is really is is be in conversation with them all the time. The reason why I even call this the Dance Coach Podcast and not just like the Dance Teacher Podcast or something like that is because to me, teaching and coaching are different things. Teaching is showing someone how to do a step. It's relaying information. But what I think that I'm doing as a coach is I'm giving my students different ways of looking at things to help them challenge their minds challenge their thought systems and really question who they are what they want who they want to become and help them become motivated from within that's, that's that intrinsic motivation help them become motivated from within to achieve what they want and i do that through empowering them so one of the things that is really important to me is that um i heard this term actually again i think first from paula on afford anything but internal locus of control. If you have an internal locus of control, it means that you think that you have con- like power over outcomes in your life, right? If you have an external locus of control, then you believe that external forces have more power than you do. So one of the things that's really important to me is coaching my students into understanding that they do have control, right? And to to coach this idea of an internal locus of control into them so that when they're making these decisions about the goals that they want, that they feel realistic to them because they understand that, again, it's that 100% responsibility idea that they have the power to make these things happen. So that's why this idea of coaching is so important to me is that it's not just showing steps. It's not just like talking about technique, but it's really the the mindset, it's the psychological aspect of it that it's getting them to really be empowered with the information to take the reins of their own training into their own hands to achieve what they want. The other thing that I think is important about emotional agility is that we are going to have to process these difficult emotions and You know, we have to be willing to process the difficult emotions. And if we're, again, we're not willing to grapple with failure and how that feels um, and to have a healthy way to really process that, it's much harder to get to the other side. So, you know, a student who is not emotionally agile might be less likely to work outside their comfort zone right? And she also stresses, um, Dr. David stresses, you know, that we don't want to live outside our comfort zone like twenty-four-seven because that can be stressful as well, but that it is important to be pushing our boundaries, right? And so we want to focus on sort of small, smaller tasks versus like big radical change. So we're like moving to the edge of our ability and we're testing it Um, But we're not staying there all the time, you know, because that can be really difficult, too. And we are trying to build healthy habits and we don't want to push ourselves into a place where we're not able to manage those emotions. Right. Um, So I want to be able to be like excited about what I'm doing, pushing myself to that limit, seeing the progress and then pulling back and then working on like, you know, how do I sustain change and growth? in a healthy way. This reminds me of Daniel Coyle's work, actually. And he wrote a book, actually he's written several books, um, The Talent Code, The Culture Code, The Little Book of Talent. And in The Talent Code, he goes around the world to like these sort of like, you know, hotbeds of achievement and talent. And he looks at like soccer teams and like violinists like classical musicians and he goes to these places where they're producing like the highest number of like exceptional like soccer players or exceptional musicians and sort of unpacks what the the culture is in that place one of the things that um comes up in that book is the idea of deep practice, right? So this idea of like pushing yourself to the edge, making mistakes, being in that focus place of like then going back and fixing mistakes, but like knowing that mistakes are necessary for moving forward and for growth. So instead of like shying away from being wrong, it's actually like keeping yourself like right on the the line of like screwing up all the time so that you can like process what that mistake was and learn from it. Right. So we need to be emotionally agile to be able to do that. There's no way that like if I am going to completely come undone because I've made a mistake, am I going to be able to live in that space where I'm able to use that as a tool to move forward? This is where perfectionism really comes into play as something that is not a healthy agent for change. Brene Brown in her work, um, one of the books that was most impactful to me and maybe I'll talk I'll, um, I'll do an episode about perfectionism as a whole but just to touch on it like lightly here is her distinction that perfectionism is not healthy striving. So definitely as dancers, I don't know if um, dance makes perfectionists or if perfectionists are just drawn to dance. But I think that there is a very, very high prevalence of perfectionism in the dance world. And this idea that, like, you know, beating myself up is an appropriate way to inspire myself to move forward is just false, right? So she makes that distinction that perfectionism is not the way that you want to move forward, it's not the same as healthy striving, it's not the same as what we're talking about here as developing that emotional agility walking in your why keeping yourself on your edge learning from your mistakes and then coming out you know better in the end it's definitely something that is detrimental to your growth so but you know why why do we do this i mean there's so many reasons why we you know for some people perfectionism really does help them Um, move forward and achieve the goals that they want so they're not seeing that necessarily as a negative thing but are they looking at the emotional impact that it's having on them I think that the more that we can foster this sense of purpose getting really really clear on our core values and then really honing in on our why statement so Why are we here? What are we doing here? What is the purpose behind being here? What is the motivating factor? Coaching our students to be intrinsically motivated, empowering them to understand this idea of internal locus of control, that they have the power. Making them 100% responsible for the experience that they're having and coaching them through the hardships and helping them create this sense of emotional agility are the most crucial steps to the work that we're doing in helping them become better dancers. Because at the end of the day, you know, whether or not they can accomplish the task that we're asking them to accomplish does not matter if they are completely stressed and broken and fearful and aren't getting there from a place of joy. So emotional agility, I think it's super important. Um, I'd love to hear. So emotional agility, uh, this is the this is what I'm going to be working on a lot this week. I think in my own classes, and seeing how I can work to foster an even greater sense of safety for my students, so that they can really strive for the things that they want to. So I'm going to be diving into this topic a little bit more. Um, I might even read Susan's book. And I've, I've watched her TED Talk. Um, and her TED Talk is amazing. It's very inspiring. So I would check that out if I were you. Yeah, let's keep this conversation going. What are your thoughts on emotional agility Um, Is it something that you think is important? Is it a topic uh, or an idea that you're going to research a little bit more and find out more about? I'm super excited about it. So, all right, peeps, have a great week and I will talk to you next time. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast and you are inspired to build more awareness, take more action and get more accomplished, you have to go on over to my website and get your free how to get anything done goal setting worksheet. In it, I walk you through my entire goal setting process from start to finish. And if you're interested in taking these skills to the next level, studying them and having one on one support for applying them to your life, go to www.chrishale.co. That's .co, not .com to book your free consult today.